this is Chris from the Ticket Stub. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour Show, and this is Rick Schisler, a Silver Fox advisor and your host for today's show. Well, thank you for taking time to join us on the show today. I think we put together quite a good show for you. And before we get started, I want to note our show sponsor, Allegra HR, A-L-E-G-R-E, Allegra HR. You can find out more about them at AllegraHR.com. And let me tell you, let me encourage you as a business advisor and a mentor that if you have people, you have human resources, right? Connect those dots. And when you need help working with those people, hiring those people, or in the unfortunate situation you need to terminate, you need to have someone like Allegra HR on your side. Reach out to AllegraHR.com so you can talk about your HR and be prepared for anything that might come your way. I want to remind you, too, as we start today, that we're on Facebook. The Weekly Hour page, uh, business page is there, and I would encourage you to like it if you haven't already done so. And more importantly than just liking it, set up an alert so that each week on Wednesday, when the podcast of the show is posted, you'll receive an alert. You can take a quick look at the synopsis of the show and see if there's someone or a topic that you would like to listen to, and then you can punch it and listen to the show. Facebook, the Weekly Hour business page. Take a look at it. Well, today's show, as I mentioned, I think we have a good show for you. Uh, In the studio, we have Barry Blanton, owner of Blanton Advisors, LLC, located right here in Montgomery County. We're going to talk about Barry's business and what they do and why he became a small business person. Also joining us later in the show in the expert corner, we have Chris Wee rejoining us. Chris is with Cook Insurance Group and a member of our Business Expert Roundtable. And I'll close out today's show with my Silver Fox Tip of the Week, who makes up the planning team. So I encourage you, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And as you're taking those notes, if you come up with a question or an idea or even a comment about the show, just email them to me. I'm at rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. Send me your question about your business if you have a question. I'll do my best to give you my perspective and get an answer back to you. Of course, you can always call me, and I'm at 832-699-2132. So when we're off the air, give me a call, 832-699-2132. We've got some good business events coming up this week and the next week. I want to make you aware of Houston Community College. You know, if you haven't connected with their School of Entrepreneurship, I would encourage you to do that. It's very simple. Just go to their website. HCC for Houston Community College, bizconnect.org. Go to hccbizconnect.org. They are always having programs that can enrich your knowledge about business if you're starting a business or if you have an existing business. They have their financial workshop coming up for small business, whether you're starting or you're trying to grow your business. Uh, They'll have one coming up, uh, in fact, tomorrow, Tuesday, January 30th, at their Spring Branch campus. Just go online, you can find out more information about it. Or if tomorrow's a little bit too soon and you wanna do it on a Saturday, they have one coming up February 10th. This one will be at their Adleaf Hayes campus. Uh, and the last from nine to 4.30. I would encourage you if you need to understand or want to understand more about your business and the financial aspects of it, everything from cash needs to loans, uh, analyzing your financials, go to hccbizconnect.org and sign up for one of their wonderful seminars. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know, opportunities are always right in front of us and all we need to do is seize them. So I encourage you to grab what's in front of you. The weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and businesses really throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve your business, and to hear from some of our local business leaders on how they have found success right here in Montgomery County. And before we get started, another little self-promotion. The show is also posted on YouTube. I know we have a number of people that have signed in at our YouTube channel. That's the Weekly Business Hour channel. So if you want a little video along with that audio, go to the Weekly Business Hour channel on YouTube. And as podcasts are posted each week, 
You can take a look at us as well as listen to what we're talking about. Well, enough of that. We've cleared the decks now. All the administrative work, if you will, is done. Now time to really talk about business, and I can't think of anyone better to do that than Barry Blanton, the owner of Blanton Advisors. Barry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. Excited about being here. Well, I'm excited about having you because I think you offer a lot of advice and information to people. Uh, Your company has done quite well in serving and advising businesses uh, in the Montgomery area. Tell us a little bit about your company and why you started it. Well, I started Blanton Advisors over seven years ago. I found myself working myself out of a job. Uh, I was a CFO for a company that was going through a transition during the economic downturn of 08 and 09. And at that point, I felt like I wanted to do something different. I'd never been an entrepreneur. I'd always worked for uh, public companies or larger companies. And I decided I wanted to control a little bit of my own destiny. And I knew that I had a passion uh, to help business owners and to help those business owners better understand the financial side of their business. And that's kind of what led to the concept of Blanton Advisors as a CFO consulting company. What exactly does Blanton do? I mean, when I go to your website, I see a lot of opportunity, like you mentioned, to help business owners understand the financials. Can you be a little more specific on what you do exactly, what kind of services you offer? In a nutshell, we offer an outsourced CFO service. But there are a lot of facets to that, and those include uh, financial reporting, either implementing or improving financial reporting. They include uh, writing procedures for an accounting department. We do a lot of QuickBooks work as far as QuickBooks cleanup and QuickBooks procedures. We do a lot of strategic planning as far as budgeting and forecasting. We develop dashboards for clients. So there's a number of different aspects to it, but the, the, the essence of it is outsourced CFO work for small and medium-sized businesses that can't afford and don't need their own full-time CFO. You know, it's my impression generally that outsourcing, small businesses have become more and more open to it. In fact, I advise my clients, my business clients, there are many areas that they can outsource, and in many cases, it's the right thing to do. Have you found that opportunity obviously would uh, impact your business? Have you found the opportunity increasing as time goes on? I have. Although I would say CFO services is not as well known of an outsourced service as other ones. For instance, your sponsor today, Allegra HR, that area is a little more well known in as far as an outsourced service. The CFO services is not as well known of an outsourced area because people don't always understand that what they need that we can provide. Generally, a small business owner is facing a pain point when they realize they need us. Something is broken. They can't answer their banker's questions. They don't understand a report. And it's at that point when they realize that they might need something that we can do for them. But it's not an outsourced service that a lot of people automatically think of, especially in the small business world. But it is growing. Well, you know, you've you've taken the concept and you've built what I perceive as a really nice business What has been the secret to your success in building your business? Well, I guess one of the the main keys that we always try to do is make sure that we're providing value. We should be adding something to the businesses that work with us. And our, our goal is to take a business through a series of steps that starts with a very basic evaluation of their current accounting practices, the current um, health of the company. And from there, we, we, make recommendations as to next steps. Ultimately, our goal is to be meeting with a business owner on a monthly basis and reviewing financial statements and creating a discipline that may not exist there for them to actually sit down and spend the time doing that on a monthly basis. A lot of small business owners don't do that. So we try to instill the discipline of actually sitting down and reviewing financial statements. And that's a value to a small business owner who generally won't make the time to do it. Well, I can echo that. That's absolutely the truth. It's interesting that small businesses, they just don't pay attention to their numbers, at least internally. Uh, And it takes an opportunity, like you mentioned, a pain point. That's something I wanted to talk about. How do I know uh, as a small business, I guess, beyond pain, how would I know that it's time for me to look at outsourcing or a CFO services such as you offer? Well, so I'll go back to one thing you were mentioning about 
not paying attention to numbers. A lot of times, the only number that a small business owner will pay attention to is the cash in his bank account. And while that is can certainly be indicative of success, it is not indicative of a number of other things that financial statements can tell you. So that's the need for looking at and understanding financial statements and financial reporting. But to more specifically answer your question, if you're a small business owner and you are not comfortable with whether or not your bookkeeper is really doing a good job, if you feel like you may have outgrown a bookkeeper because you hired them when you started your business because they knew how to do payroll and cut AP checks, but now you're running a much larger company, that same skill set may not be able to support your current accounting needs. And another way to know is a lot of time banks are asking questions these days that small business owners are unable to answer. Uh, the requirements to borrow from banks in the form of lending and reports that are required are a lot more complex than they used to be. And if your bank is asking questions about your financials that you don't understand or don't feel comfortable, aren't comfortable answering, then we are probably a candidate for our services. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And one of the things, though, that you said earlier, and I, and I want to make sure our listeners pick up on it, is that when you come in, you help people uh, build a discipline. Uh, which, again, in my experience, is typically lacking in most of the businesses I've worked with over the years about financial reporting. Uh, obviously, if they have a bank, they have to turn in a statement at some point, but usually it's not until the bank's asked two or three times. Talk to you, us a little bit about how you implement or help the small business person develop that discipline. Well, one of the fundamental things that we like to do is to get a small business in a financial rhythm, a actual cycle of closing the financial month. A lot of small business owners don't do that. Large companies, we understand, do it. They have reporting deadlines. Public companies have to meet those kind of deadlines. But there's some value in a small business owner actually going through a cycle where the month is closed and you make sure that you lock down prior periods so that activity can't happen in past periods, and then you review what happened during that period. And we encourage business owners to to compare monthly financial statements instead of looking at a month on a standalone basis. A single month on a standalone basis doesn't tell you that much. So there is a cycle um, that we try to, to train small business owners and to get in the habit of going through. And it involves their accounting function, and it involves them as business owners reviewing monthly results. And it's the best way that they can learn how they might be able to improve their business. You know, all of what you say just hits home with me. I, I need to record this as an infomercial and play it for clients when I go see them because this development of discipline, I mean, you're you're working yourself as a small business person. You're working hard, you're focused, you're passionate, but a lot of times you don't know if you're progressing uh, other than maybe an instinctive or gut feel, and your numbers are going to tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, where you can tighten. There's just so much information in your numbers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we've come to the end of the uh, first segment of the show. I hope you'll stay with us. Barry's going to be back with us. We're going to talk a little bit about his business success, what he's been able to do right here in the Montgomery community. So please stick with us. We'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620 0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas.
You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour. This is Rick Schistler, a Silver Fox advisor and your host for the Weekly Business Hour. And before we get started, I want to mention to you that if you'd like to be a sponsor of our show, the opportunities there, we're looking for show sponsors uh, for the Weekly Business Hour. All you need to do is email me, again, rick at irlonestar.com. I'll drop you some information and see if it makes sense to your business because we'd love to have you as one of our sponsors. Well, we're in the studio today talking with Barry Blanton of Blanton Advisors. And when we left, we were talking about the importance of numbers, and that's sort of a generalization. But, you know, one of the things that uh, I think a lot of folks very forget in their business is the fact that uh, we're not trying to overwhelm them with numbers, and they've got to deep dive and live and breathe because that's not why they're in business, to develop numbers. And that's why it's important that they find someone to help them. Tell us a little bit about that and how important it is to seek outside help. Well, you're right, Rick. And the, the way that I explain that to clients and potential clients is that we understand that it's not the highest and best use of their time as a business owner to be looking over the shoulder of a bookkeeper or fretting about whether or not their accounting is being done right or understanding or trying to learn or trying to be hands-on with QuickBooks. Most small business owners need to be developing their business uh, developing new clients, developing new products, outdoing sales, building relationships. They don't need to be buried in the day-to-day accounting. And that's why an outsourced CFO service can make some sense for them because even if they are, even if they have a strong accounting background, that may not be the best way for them to be using their time. And we can take that burden off of them and get into that cycle that I mentioned earlier where we visit with them once a month and review results and go over numbers and make it more efficient for them as how they understand the accounting side of their business. Well, and like we talked about earlier, you've got to have good quality, timely information. And folks have in small business, if they want to be successful, and I've got to say that because I've, I've talked to some people, they want success, but they don't know what it is. Well, part of it, ladies and gentlemen, is understanding your numbers and getting them on a timely basis. Well, Barry, let's switch gears a little bit to your business and what you've done with your business. And maybe you can offer some tips to people How do you measure success for yourself and your business? Well, certainly profitability is a measure, and anybody who doesn't answer that way may not be totally honest with you because we're in business to making a living out of business, and we've got uh, mortgage payments to make and and malice to feed. So certainly uh, the ability for me to make a living out of a business is one of the measures. But I think the other thing that is important to me is whether or not we are positively impacting our clients. I look at a number of things in my life, not just my business, as to whether or not I leave things better once I have been with them or passed through them or been associated with them than when I found them. And uh, the same is true of our business. We want to be aiding our clients in a way that they are improved by our involvement with them. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me, and I think internally being driven by that type of goal is real important. I know that you've been involved over the years in the community, and that's, to me, one of the pillars of success of business. Talk to us a little bit of why it's important to you, why it is important to any business to get involved in your community. Well, and and I think back to when you did the opening this morning about this being a Montgomery County-focused show. I was born and raised in Montgomery County, and um, not terribly far from here, as a matter of fact. And most of my business career has been in this county, although I spent some uh, period of time um, working in the city of Houston and some out of state. But most of my business, and certainly this business since I've been self-employed, has been focused in Montgomery County. And I just, somewhere along the way from my parents um, and the way I was raised and the way I was involved in the community um, when I was young, it's always been important to me to give back. And I have been involved in a lot of different ways in Montgomery County, and I think it's important for us to give back. It's important for us to groom future leaders. It's important for us to support support, uh, valuable causes and charitable causes. It's important for us to support our own community. Well, and I I absolutely, that's one of the pillars of the foundations that I teach business is that involvement because it comes back to you because you've got a better business environment, a better environment for your families to live, everything about it makes sense. Let me ask you, let's kind of do a little uh, futuristic uh, idea of looking into the future. 
What do you see some of the big challenges from your perspective, your business perspective, to small businesses in 2018? Well, I think generally, I think one of the challenges for small businesses is just staying up with technology. I think technology touches, we all know, touches so many parts of our lives now. So that's a big part of a lot of small businesses. And frankly, a lot of small businesses are built on older business models, and those may need to be updated and rethought in the current world of technology. And specific to my business, one of the things that I find challenging in being a professional, in a professional service, as a professional service provider, is to scale business to a point where it can grow beyond just my own time. And that, I think, is a challenge for a lot of people who make their living in a consulting or a professional service kind of environment. And that's getting, there are ways that you can leverage with technology to, to be able to do that. So that's one of the, that's a tie back to the first point is to how that can be done with, by using and leveraging technology, I think. You know, let's talk about something you brought up, which happens to be the number one goal I have personally in my business this year is the business model. And I 100% agree with you. So many business models that our small business people are using are outdated. And technology has driven a lot of that. If you went into a business, do a hypothetical with me, if you don't mind, you went into a business and they were operating uh, not only their financial accounting and whatnot, but uh, how do you tell if someone's on an old business model? Well, to me, the first thing is, do they even understand their business model? And that is, you have to sit down and ask them, and do they understand how they are making money or how they are or should, how they are built to make money, whether or not they are or not might be a separate question. But the first thing is to understand if they even understand that model. And then I think you have to ask yourselves to compare it to other providers in the same, in the same industry, to what the, cha- the trend changes are in the marketplace that impact that industry. Are there different kinds of supplier sources? Are there faster ways to market? Are there more efficient ways uh, to drive inventory faster, to move inventory faster and reduce hold time? There's a number of different things that have changed in different business models. One, I think one of the biggest things is, is whether or not they have stayed in touch with what has changed in their industry to know whether that business model is still viable or not. You know, the other thing I have found, and I'll use a quick example, it may sound funny, but also stay up with what your customers, your clients are changing. And an example to me the other day is I walked into a McDonald's here locally to get a glass of iced tea and there were kiosks there. And I asked the lady, I said, I've, which I had read something about this being rolled out. And I, she, I, at the counter, there was one lady, not the usual two or three, but the idea was I'm supposed to order on the kiosk versus that's a major change in that business and understanding that kind of change. So I think that's really interesting. This is a quick side story to that. Um, somebody in my office and I were just discussing the other day, there's a report out that statistically, apparently people are buying more when they use that kiosk, specifically at McDonald's was the article, that they are buying more than they would if they're ordering from a human. And they think there's two reasons behind that. One, the human's not waiting on them. There's not the level of impatience of hurrying up, but they're also not being judged by how much or what they're ordering. And so there's there's some data out that people are actually buying more food at McDonald's when they're using the kiosk. Well, that is interesting. And that, again, is even further encouragement, if you're listening to this, that you need to understand what your clients, what your customers, what their experiences are, because they're going to look for ways to do business that they're becoming used to. There's just no doubt about it. It's interesting. Well, the Montgomery County area, we've got a market here. You and I were talking a little bit before we went on on the show about Montgomery County and small business. What do you see going on here currently? What kind of market in general do we have for small business? Well, I I think we have a very strong market for small business. I think there's a lot of opportunities. You know, small... Small businesses are generally supported by the fact that there are large businesses around. Large businesses drive the um, the employment base and those kinds of things. But the small businesses are provide the ancillary support for a lot of different support uh, for the the employees as well as the companies themselves. And I think we have a strong one in that regard across the entire county. I mean, Conroe was the fastest growing city in the country. And I just think that anytime there's that kind of growth, there's opportunity for small businesses. And I think there's some good signs out there right now. 
Well, let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier technology and, and the impact on business in general. What impact has technology really had on your business? Well, I think the single biggest thing that technology has done, and, and it's not necessarily new, but we do a lot less on site with clients than, than when we started or than I thought that we might at one point, because there is just so much that can be done remotely. Um, remote access to accounting systems, remote access for presentations, remote access for meetings and conference calls. And so we go on site a whole lot less. And by virtue of that can have clients that are located virtually anywhere. And uh, while we don't have a lot that are outside of this immediate market area, we have had clients um, on the West Coast, in the Austin area, in different parts of Houston and things like that. And technology has enabled us to do that, I think. Well, let me ask you the $64 million question on that that I get asked. When we go viral or however you want to say it, remote, are we delivering or are we able to deliver that level of customer service that we were versus being face-to-face? Well, so here's the way we prefer to operate. We still, that monthly meeting that I referred to earlier, we still prefer to do that face-to-face. That is not something that we have that we have changed. Obviously, if the company's out of town, that might be different. But we are able to access financial information and perform our analysis and things like that all remotely. But we still sit down face-to-face for that monthly review of what's going on in that client's business. And we think that's important. I agree with you. It's important to face-to-face whenever you can, but I think providing information, like you mentioned, techn- technology has helped us extend the quality and the quantity and the, and the level of service when it's used properly. Well, Barry, believe it or not, we've run out of time today. I deeply appreciate you bringing your perspective and your expertise to us today. If folks want to reach out to you with a question about something we discussed today or the possibility of doing business, what's the best way for them to do that? I'd love to hear from anybody that has questions or um, from what we've talked about. And you can find us easily at blantonadvisors.com. And my personal email is barry at blantonadvisors.com. I'd love to hear from anybody who was listening today. Well, there's a lot of good information out there and people just need to grab onto it. Make a huge difference in your business if you stay up and stay educated and having good numbers is an important part of that education. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. And I, I want to remind you one more time, if you've got a question or comment, anything about today's show, reach out to me, Rick, R-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com. Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to have Chris Wee join us and talk about insurance and the importance, particularly when you're starting a new business. So stay with us. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour. And before we get started in the expert corner, I want to mention Allegra HR, Allegra, A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R. They're the show sponsor, and I really appreciate them doing that. But I also would appreciate you, if you have employees, even one employee, that you go take a look at their website. Just take a little bit of time, because AllegraHR.com is a place you can find out some wonderful information and get some guidance on how to handle your employees, how to get more out of your people how to hire the right people, and then when and if you have to terminate somebody, 
You've got advice. You've got these folks at Allegra HR. They can help you build a strong human resources department. Again, even if you only have a handful of employees, they'll help you get the right people in the job. And when you have trouble, they'll help you get through that so it isn't become a big deal for your business. So Allegra, A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R.com. Well, we're to that part of the show where we bring in an expert, and I can't think of a better expert than Chris Wee. Chris is with the Coke Insurance Group. Uh, he's been on the show. He's part of our business expert roundtable, always providing great information in the area of insurance. And I believe insurance is one of those things, just like we were talking to Barry Blanton earlier. You need to find somebody that's really good and let them take care of it. That way you take care of and work in your business. But it's also something that a lot of folks sell themselves short. They don't have enough of it and they get in trouble. It's when you have a loss, I believe that your insurance agent has a chance to really shine. Well, Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. How'd you like that introduction? I mean, you got all this pressure on you. <laughs> Appreciate well, let's, it. Let's talk about the market side. It's one thing that I have heard some concerns from clients who apparently with their insurance agent or whatnot, they've heard, read, we've had all, in fact, the national news, over $300 billion in paid out claims to these Harvey and through the various storms in Puerto Rico, fires in the West, whatever. Insurance companies are paying out a lot of money. Uh, what about rates? What are we looking at in 2018 as we renew our insurance? Well, unfortunately, with the all that's happened in the last 12 months, um, and there were other forces even before all these disasters hit that were uh, increasing or putting pressure on increasing rates. I know a lot of carriers already had rate increases requested from the state even before all this stuff happened. And what with all the disasters, that's just going to increase uh, the pressure for carriers to increase their rates. Have any idea what it's going to cost us uh, in particular areas, auto, business, uh, property, any of those areas? Have you gotten anything? Well, auto is going to go up probably. It affected everybody's auto policy, commercial, personal. The On the property side, it's a little different with Harvey in our area is that it was water-related, which is flood-related. And that, just like on your homeowners, it's a totally separate type of coverage than you know, than your regular property coverage. And if you didn't have flood insurance, then there wasn't a claim or ability for you to recover on your property insurance. So the property, there wasn't as much, there's not as much pressure either, uh, locally on rates as there is on the commercial or on the auto side. Let me ask you this, and, and just a side question, if you will. Uh, flood insurance businesses, I don't hear those two talked about very often. We talk about business auto, we talk about business property, we talk about liability, but we don't talk about flood in business very often, do we? No, we don't. And it's it's, it's overlooked, and, and but it's the same principle as your for a home. It's a separate coverage and you can get flood insurance on your business. Even if you're just leasing a space, you have a lot of money invested in that lease space. Equipment, if you've improved that location, that is all money that a business owner spent and should be able to recoup if they have flood insurance. And so it's similar, same philosophy. If you don't have it on your, if you don't have flood insurance on your home, you're not covered for flood. If you don't have it on your business, you're not covered for flood damages on your business. And that is the income, that's your livelihood, that's your family's livelihood. That is, you can also get uh, income reimbursement from a flood policy with the right policy. If you're out of business because of a flood and you have the right flood policy, you can get money from the insurance company to cover your expenses to replace income that's lost while you're down, while you're trying to get, or while you're trying to reopen. You know, one thing I want to clarify because it's, it's concerned me a little bit lately, a lot of newspaper, a lot of news out there about people being delayed, particularly in their homes, but I'm sure in their businesses, there are people filed with FEMA trying to get something and they've not gotten it. We're not talking about FEMA. We're talking about straight up business insurance that people have bought and paid for because I have one client in particular that was flooded and they've, they've been paid. They've been made whole. They've been able to replace uh, furniture, fixtures, computers, things that were damaged. Uh, so it's, I want people to understand this is not buying something that's hard to get paid on when you file a claim. No, no. With, if you have a regular flood insurance, not, not damage or disaster relief type uh, situation, it is just like any other insurance claim. You file the claim, you, estimate your losses, the obviously an adjuster will come out and look at it, and they usually will write you a check so you can get back up and running. Right. Well, that was the experience of this client. They gave him an immediate check for about half, and then after it processed through, 
uh, which took about 30, 45 days. They got the balance and they got 100% of what they claimed. So it was nice. Yes. And you don't, and uh, what I try to explain to a lot of uh, business owners with flood, you don't have to get the full value of your property or that um, on a, a flood policy, you chances of the, your business or your property washing away are pretty slim. You just need enough to cover damages, to cover lost contents. So it, you, it's not like a property where you're going to get the full coverage of the value of the property. You can get by with half or, or more or less than, you don't have to get the full coverage. So you don't have to pay as much premium because you're going to, you just need the money to fix the building to get you, get you back open and to replace the contents. Yeah, it's very interesting. In fact, they were in a lease place and they got paid and the building was still under construction today. Now the landlord did fix their space and they've been back in their space. Gosh, after it still was about three or four weeks before they were 100% back in their space. Yeah, a lot of businesses don't realize how much, because a lot of times, especially with equipment and even improvements to the building, they do a piecemeal. They're not writing a big check to do it all at one time. And over time, the amount of equipment and property that they have at a location, the amount of money they spent improving that specific location can be a large sum of money that if it's covered properly can be recouped if a disaster hits. Well, that's interesting. And I, like I said, I figured that there would be some back, uh, backwash or, or blowback because of all these disasters that business policies uh, would see some pressure. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. One of the things, and in fact, Adam Cook, who you work with, uh, commented to me the other day, uh, made a, a general proposition that starting a new business and getting the right insurance your agency really specializes in that. So I want to talk to people who are thinking about starting a business or just started a business and really haven't carefully considered or tried to and, and sort of overwhelmed. What do we need to do when we start a business as far as getting the right package yeah. to protect us? Yes, we, we do specialize in, in startup businesses. We like to work with them from the beginning so we can help them grow. Usually with a new business, it really does depend on what type of what type of work you're going to be doing, what type of business you're going to be having. If it's a any type, any type of a place with a physical location, an office, usually you start out with a general liability, which would cover your basic coverages for a business. If you are doing offering professional services, like myself, for example, as an insurance agent, I'm offering a service. I'm not necessarily have a physical location or as much of a physical like location or offering a product. I need what's called professional or errors and omissions insurance, which would cover my expertise as an insurance agent, for example, that if I were to get uh, sued, it would cover those type of damages. And one of the things that a lot of business owners don't realize is on a, a liability policy, they have, insurance company has a duty to defend you. So any claim against the business, the insurance will help uh, with the claim itself, take care of all the legal issues so the business owner doesn't have to. Whether it's a legitimate claim or a totally false claim, the insurance company is going to take care of it for you, which is a nice thing for a business. They don't have to worry about it. They can they can stick to their business. Now, if you do have a physical location, whether you buy it or lease it, you you know, we kind of talked about it before, you need some kind of property coverage to cover any losses for equipment for the property itself. So to, if, if you actually have a physical location or inventory, you need that. You know, and that's one of the things I think that's important. And, and when you start your business, and it's something, in fact, I did it with you recently. I, last year, uh, I got you to quote uh, because I was looking at going into a new business and I wanted an idea of that cost and what the coverage was as part of my business plan, which now I'm beginning to execute that plan. Uh, but I have that information in front of me cost and coverage because I might tailor my business a little bit here or there, tweak some things where I might not have coverage or not be able to get coverage. What I'm trying to say is you as a, an insurance agent can help advise me, particularly about how the business I'm looking to build should look in order to be protected. And if it can be protected, what the cost of that is. Yeah, I think definitely. that's important. Definitely. Yeah. Having a, an insurance agent that's going to work with you to, to give you pricing information before you start business. We run a, we run into a lot of businesses that as they grow, they're going to work with a large company, uh, a large organization that has pretty stringent, pretty extensive insurance requirements. And they have to bid on the job just like every other contractor or any other company. And we always recommend giving us the insurance requirements first so we can give you a price. It's going to cost this much money to 
to work for this company. And you can include that in the bid so you can make sure that you're you're covering your, your expenses and being able to profitably take on that job because sometimes the insurance requirements are quite stringent and obviously can be quite expensive. And we hate to get have a business get in a situation where they do all this work and before they get paid, they have to show insurance and then they're going to get insurance, which could eat in or eliminate any type of profit that they might have. You know, you make an excellent point there. One of the areas that I've had experience with uh, recently, uh, late last year, in fact, in 2017, was uh, increased demands or increased limits on uh, liability by a larger company back to my client. What is liability? I mean, million, two million has been the, the norm. That seems to be changing. The limits are going up. It's the one million per occurrence, two million aggregate is the, for general liability is pretty standard rate or limits for general liability. Uh, professional or Arizona emissions is usually about a million. The, yes, a lot, especially a lot of burger companies are requiring more than that, which would come under, you wouldn't get an, a, a higher general liability policy. You would look at an umbrella or an excess policy to cover higher limits. Um, that would cover any claim for any of your policies up that exhausted your primary limits. And $5 million, $10 million is not uncommon on some contracts on that some companies require a business to have. And like you said earlier, very important. There's an additional cost that if your company is moving into markets and people require that, uh, even landlords uh, wanting a higher limit uh, to rent space from them. I mean, you need to be aware of those costs. Yes, and including most uh, most companies require anybody, any organization or company that works for them to have also workers' compensation, which is not technically legal in or not, not technically required in the state of Texas, but they still require it because they don't, those organizations don't want the liability of your employees getting hurt on their job site or their office or wherever. Well, we've come to the end of our time. Chris, any final words of wisdom for our business customers out there? No, just you know, if you're going to get a big, if you're looking at bidding a, a big job, make sure you get a price on your insurance so you can include that in your estimate, so you're not uh, eliminating your profits. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us, uh, Chris Wee with the Coke Insurance Group. Uh, tell us uh, if people have a question about insurance, want to talk to you about buying insurance. What's the best way for them to get in touch? You can call us at two eight one four one seven three thousand or go to our website at www.kochig.com. Again, thank you so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break for the day. And when we come back, I'm going to offer my Silver Fox tip of the week. How do I put together my working plan for my business and who should be on the team? So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281 620 0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Relax with a cup of joe or your favorite drink for the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce Chamber Chat. The show airs on the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Join hosts Courtney Galley and Brian Bondi as they chat about the Chamber's events and programs for the month and invite chamber members into the studio to talk about their upcoming events and businesses. Learn about your chamber with Chamber Chat every first Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is Rick Schisler, a Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour. Thank you for joining us this week. We're in our last segment. This is where I talk about who makes up the planning team. That's my Silver Fox tip of the week for you. Just a reminder, I published this as a blog earlier in the week. And if you haven't subscribed to our blog, please go to my website. It's one best consult. That's the number one best consult, C-O-N-S-U-L-T dot com. 
Subscribe to our newsletter, our blog. We have lots of business information there directly for small businesses. So subscribe to our blog and you'll receive it each week. I talk about it on the air and kind of extend it a little bit. I get questions and I try to answer those as well. Well, let's go right to it. Who makes up the planning team? We've been talking this month about business planning, the importance of it. Uh, we heard from our guest today, uh, Mr. Blanton, Barry Blanton, about the importance of planning, financial planning, financial information. All this helps you run your business more efficiently, more successfully. Uh, and in some cases, it can make a real difference in a business because you put took the time to back off a little bit from the day-to-day, think about where your business was, think about it where you want to go. I'm a big proponent in planning. I'm not necessarily a big proponent, as you know, if you've listened to the show, to spending hours and hours of time. Sometimes it's necessary, but the one-page business plan is enough for me. As long as you take time and put that plan down in writing where you can refer to it, you can also bring your team in, into it if you feel comfortable with certain parts of it because you want whoever's working with you. And I spread that out to include my vendors. I also include my customers and clients a lot of times because I want their feedback. That's what leads to successful business. But let's talk about your planning team. Now, if you're sole proprietor, you say, well, my planning team is I, myself, and me. And I contend that's not necessarily the best plan. I think you need to extend it, even if you're the only employee of that business. You can find information in a lot of places that will help you build a better plan. For an example, the Small Business Administration at sba.gov backslash business has a lot of information about business planning. They have questions that will challenge you as you put your plan together. And you need to seek these kind of resources. You need to go to your Chamber of Commerce, another place. They have courses that are free to their members in most cases. You've got professional advisors, CPAs, attorneys, people like Mr. Blanton, who offers the CFO perspective. These people can be part and should be part of your planning team, even if you're a sole proprietor. Seek information, quality education information should be part of your business planning process. They will help you build a better plan. Let's talk about in-house now. Now we've got an employee. Maybe we have 10, maybe you have 100. Well, let's start with that first employee, if that's all you have, key employee. You know, it's interesting if we talk to our employees, our one employee, and get their perspective on things that are important to a business plan, such as sales, what's working, what's not working. What are the customers saying? What a critical area for feedback. And I'm not talking about that particular customer that complains or has been a problem per se, or even the one that said a nice thing. I'm talking about overall. I'm talking about probing that employee understand what they feel is working in your business with your customers. Obviously, what your customers are thinking and doing with your products and service is a critical aspect of developing a great business plan. So reach out to your employees, if no one else on your team, and talk to them, have conversation with them. Keep it informal or make it formal or both, but get that information that will help you build a better business plan. If you move on to the part where you actually in your business have a business planning team of two or more people, then I think the first rule is select people who have diverse strengths and experiences. A lot of times we pick department heads. That's a formal by the book, the controller, the guy that runs the plant, the lady that is in charge of sales, whatever it might be, and that's fine. But I think you need to make sure, check those backgrounds, make sure they're diverse, make sure they have different experiences. The point is you want to have a wide array of information coming to you that can be distilled down and turned into the best business plan as possible. Plug some of these people into your business planning process. If you have a meeting or meetings with a team of business planners in your office, maybe include one or two of those along with the obligatory, the controller and other heads of departments. Bring those people into your meetings. It's critical. There's three things I'd like to leave you with, actually four today. First of all, I encourage you, build a process that works for your business. Every business is different, and you need to take the time to think a little bit, put down on paper what your business process will be for business planning. Again, use the strengths of the business of the people around you, your employees, 
your clients, your customers, your vendors. Seek people who will take the time to communicate heads up with you about the plan. Also, set timeframes within your plan, time frame to get the plan completed, time frames of reaching your goals and the benchmarks of the plan, and stick with them. And the fourth and last thing is to develop those benchmarks and use those, your own set of benchmarks, ones that work for your business, and use them to build a better business for you. So the business planning team, who makes up the team, it's unique in every business, and I think that's the way it should be. There's no real buy the book, even though there are lots of books out there that'll tell you how to do it. Doesn't hurt to read some of them, but build your own business planning process and team. Well, I encourage you, please put a note on your calendar to join us again next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com, FM 106.1 and FM 104.5 for the weekly business hour. We'll be here next week at 11 o'clock. And also, don't forget, you too can sponsor the weekly business hour. It's real simple. Just send me an email, rick at IRLoneStar.com for details, and I'll get right back to you and see if it works for your business. And look for today's podcast of the Weekly Business Hour in a variety of places right here at IRLoneStar.com, on my Facebook page, YouTube, the Weekly Business Hour, and multiple other social media sites. Again, I thank you for joining us. And remember to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Till next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcasts, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.